This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know about any of you, but I think this Steeler team needs some mojo on Sunday afternoon. One of the worst losses in the Tomlin era. And boy, I find myself saying that a lot. Uh, it's getting tough to decipher between all of them. Mark Madden joining me right now to talk about it. Mark from 105.9 The X. Listen to him 3 until 6 there. You can also read him four times a week here at Trib Live. Check us out, Madden Ben's Unfiltered. 9.30 on Monday mornings. Plenty to talk about in the wake of a Steeler defeat against the Houston Texans where anything and everything went wrong. And uh, Mark, this is worse, I think, than the 49ers defeat, at least when they played San Francisco that happened against a good team. This is not a good Houston team, and the Steelers look much, much worse. San Francisco is one of the best teams in the league with an exceptional defense. Uh, Houston was a home underdog in this game. Their offensive line was beat up. Tunsil, their best tackle, was out. In fact, they had all but one starter out. Kendrick Green started on the offensive line for Houston. And the Texans had absolutely no problem with the Steelers. That's the disturbing part. That game was never in doubt from the first drive until game's end. Houston took the kickoff. They scored. The knee was done. They had to score again. They did. A flag brought that touchdown out of the end zone. So they scored a third time. It was just easy. Uh, I thought the coaching was horrific, uh, not least because the Steelers came off flat, but the offensive game plan was incredibly scared and vanilla. Uh, The so-called elite defense just didn't pose a problem at all against that makeshift offensive line that that Houston had. No sacks, no takeaways. They just weren't ever in the game. And that's a problem. I mean, not just to lose to a team like Houston, but maybe this is the real Steelers. Maybe they got kind of lucky to win the last two games. They got trashed by San Francisco week one. Maybe it's not a very good team. And I think the biggest problem, Tim, and I know everybody's gone to the default mode of blaming Matt Canada. And as I keep saying, I am not a champion for his cause. I would not have brought him back this season, and everyone knows that. But the head coach is a bigger problem because he hired Canada, promoted Canada, retained Canada, approves of everything Canada does, at least, you know, by by default, by just letting, you know, the game plan be what it is. And the team came out flat again. But the biggest problem is Kenny Pickett because he looks terrible. Uh, It is not too early to think that he might be a bust. 
Uh, the sample size is not small anymore. He just can't make the throws. Pure and simple. That's the easiest way to explain Kenny Pickett's problems, Tim. I don't know what you see, but he can't make the throws. Like that pick, which was the only deep ball that the Steelers threw all day, by the way. If he gets that ball there quickly, the guy's open. That's a touchdown. He badly underthrew it, didn't get rid of it right away. He's just awful, Tim, so far in his career. We hang our head on a couple drives he had, maybe a couple average games, like the game against Vegas last week. But Kenny Pickett, I don't even want to say he's regressed. I keep hearing that word regressed. I don't think he's ever been good. He was getting better, but I don't think the better ever got to good. For as bad as he was, maybe I've gotten used to it, Mark, to start the season, but the defense to me was galling. The fact that they couldn't adjust to what the Texans were doing which was ostensibly using their own best trait against the Steelers. They used the pass rush against the Steelers. They just beat them with toss plays and screen passes. That was it, and the Steelers couldn't figure it out. Yeah, they got outside the pass rush. Yes, exactly. And they just kept having them line up wider and wider. Adam Archuleta made that point on the broadcast, and it didn't work. And whenever they needed a screen pass, they got it. Whenever they needed a pass down the field, they got it. I mean, I think if you want to make a QB comp, my God, how much further down the road already is C.J. Stroud after four starts than Pickett has been after a full season's worth? Oh, C.J. Stroud is clearly a much better quarterback than Kenny Pickett, and it's not even close. Then there's the wide receiver, Nico Harris, who now is just the latest of any number of guys you could point to this season. Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper, Jacoby Myers, and Devontae Adams last week. The number one guy is going to roast the Steelers' secondary. That much is clear. Well, Pat Pete's no good anymore. Levi Wallace maybe never was any good, but he's not as good as he... I mean, I think he'd been passable before, don't you? And and the safeties, I mean, I, I just don't see anybody doing anything in that secondary. I mean, i got to play Joey Porter Jr. more just because he's not those other guys. And even though I hate to see Dan Moore get hurt, ah, who are we kidding, Tim? I don't care. Uh, but, but it's good that Broderick Jones is playing because this team already is bad enough. You've got to think about turning the page on certain things. Jones obviously has a long way to go. I don't think he was any good when he got in there. And let's get to the offensive side of the ball now, Mark. Again, Mark Madden joining us. We talk about the quarterback exclusively. But that offensive line is so bad right now, it's spooking them into bad play-calling decisions. Yeah, I think there's enough blame to go around without trying to transfer blame for for, for one group or person onto another group or person. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's not an unreasonable thing to say. I just think that everybody on offense stinks. I, I don't see one person on offense. Isaac Ciamalu, I mean, it's tough to tell with a guard, but he ain't, you know, this line ain't better with him than it was without him. Uh, that's for certain. I, I never thought we'd long for the days of Kevin Dobson, Tim. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right I on that. I, I kind of thought that he was on the same path that James Daniels was. Like, James Daniels got here, and people are like, why'd they get this guy? He's not that much of an upgrade. Ciamalu's there right now, and Daniels, after the first month, started to get better. It's time for Ciamalu to get much better because he's been disappointing, too. Yeah, I... I I think they've all been disappointing along that offensive line. And I think some of their weaker spots that maybe we didn't notice last year, like Mason Cole at center, are starting to show up. Did you see that one player he got pushed all the way back into – was that the fourth and one play where Pickett got hurt? 
like Mason Cole was practically in, in Pickett's lap a couple times. I'm not totally sure about that play. But what about that play call, Tim? Oh, it's I a mean, disaster. Tomlin, Tomlin takes a timeout. Yeah, let's it's get to that. I was, I, was, I was planning to get to this next, so let's dive into it and set up the scenario, Mark. Well, yeah, he took a timeout, Tim, to think about the call. <laughs> you know, if you're a good coach, you just have the call ready. I mean, what's there to think about? I, I takes did... the timeout, and the rest of the football are using the push-push, and he lines up in the shotgun and gets his quarterback hurt. It was idiotic. And I'm sorry, that's a Tomlin call right there. You got Tomlin call timeout to give Canada more time? I don't. No, not at all. And if that's the play that comes in, if I'm the head coach in that situation, I've burned a timeout, I want to know what the play is. And if I hear that play come in, it's wrong. It's got to be something else. It was the first time all game they had had some momentum running the football with Najee Harris, and they get away with from it by going to the shotgun. They go to the shotgun, and they don't even bother running a similar play off of play action, which they could have done under center or from the gun, that worked the week before to Allen Robinson. If you feel the need that you have to throw, then do that. Yeah, it, it just was a stink sandwich, Tim, the whole game. But I thought that that call, and having taken the time off to to, to moot the call, that and, and uh, Houston scoring the same touchdown three times on their first drive were the low points of the game. And, and again, Tim, they came out flat. When did we start giving Tomlin a hard time? I've been trying to give him a hard time for years now, and nobody outside of Pittsburgh, and maybe even a lot of people in Pittsburgh, just don't want to listen because it's. He's an absolute fraud and has been for the best part of a decade. An absolute 100% fraud. Nobody can cite anything as to why he's a good coach except that stupid never having had a losing season crap. And if people don't see through that, if that's not transparent by now, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it better be transparent if that happens again this year because they've got what appears to be a winnable schedule in a lot of spots after the bye, but they might not be good enough to win a lot of those games. And you know what? They might be blessed to get to 500 this year. Today's game showed they could lose to anybody. And, and like I've been saying, even the games they win, they're going to almost lose. I can't believe they just couldn't figure out a way to take advantage of that banged-up offensive line. They were going like six and seven guys deep on that offensive line, and they didn't have the ability for their top two edge rushers, who are supposed to be superstars, to make a play. Um, that was horrible. And the other thing that was horrible about that play goal, back to the timeout mark, the explanation of it from Tomlin was as bad as the play call itself when he said we needed to call the timeout because the spot was a little bit further back than we thought. Well, how did that factor into you going to the gun on fourth and one and a half? What if it was fourth and a half or fourth and one? It you would have lined up at a center? Crap he cites him that nobody calls him out on. Just just open BS and nobody calls him out on it. Whatever. I mean, they're getting exactly what they deserve with his continued employment. And I know he's never going to get fired. But if people don't see, like I said, if it's not transparent by now, I don't know when it can be. I don't know. What has to happen for it to be? They're going to get killed by Baltimore next week, aren't they? Yeah, they'll probably win. <laughs> you're, well, you're right. It's so week to week, and it's Baltimore, and it's the Steelers. It always goes that way. But yeah, let me say something that people won't like. I mean, have you heard anything? Because I have not about Pickett's injury. Oh, I have not heard anything further except for there's an MRI schedule. But, of course, you had to assume that. If Mitch plays next week, that's an upgrade. The way Pickett's playing. Mitch can't do worse. Right now, Kenny Pickett's the worst quarterback in the NFL. What about Zach Wilson? 
Right now, Kenny Pickett is the second-worst quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. By the way, Tim, this does give me a chance to scream on my show at the top of my lungs. At least the Fury, Mitch! Well, you have to get something new going because the Pirates did clinch fourth place, fourth place, fourth and, place. And, and, and when Mitch fails, I can say, ah, oh, come on, Mitch. We should, like, modify that a little bit whenever the Steelers are in third place. Or do you think they're just assured to be in fourth place in the North now? Although the Bengals really stink. The Bengals are a disaster. Yeah, they, they, they're going to have a lost season. I mean, and it ain't their fault, but the, the, the Burrow thing, I mean, he just has to not play this season. I mean, or until... He's 1,000% okay. Mark, since I brought him up, we'll get to the Penguins later. Since I brought him up, Pirates season over, 76 wins. That has everybody jazzed up and thinking they're going to win 86 next year and qualify for a wild card. What do you think? Yeah, they won't. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I mean, they won, they won how many games this year? 76. Yeah, 76. That's right. I predicted 72. So, I mean, full credit. And Bender had a great season. And Brian Hayes, the last half, really straight out. And I think that is the single most encouraging thing to happen. The team, without that TV deal, with less TV money, let's see who they retain, what kind of deals they give out, what exactly their plan is financially, because you don't know. I, I said something the other day that I think should have hit home, but I doubt it did. Especially not on this holiest of days, Tim, the 10th anniversary of Quato dropping the ball, the greatest moment in Pittsburgh sports history. Uh when Bob Nutting had that team in the playoffs in 13, 14, and 15, that's what it was, right? Yes. He was not up there in, in his suite dreaming about winning the World Series. He was thinking, good, I'm making more money. And that's still the only goal. The only goal. Yeah, sometimes those two things coalesce. They dovetail. They go hand in hand. But sometimes they don't. And that doesn't matter to him doesn't matter to them. They've proven that over the decades. And I think you're onto something, whether it's about the TV money or not, Mark. Even if the TV situation isn't as bad on the bottom line as some are projecting and maybe they are fearing, are they really going to go out there and get two or three guys for the rotation in a first baseman? I, I don't think so. No, no, I, I agree. I, I think, if anything, they'll cut payroll next year. Don't you? Uh, yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean as compared to the opening day roster, because maybe they'll come up with a reason why they don't have to get a Rich Hill or a Carlos Santana, who added to the payroll this year. Well, Tim, I have, I have bigger... Um, I was going to say what Tanya Hardy said, and I, Tanya, I have bigger bleeps to fry. <laughs> she didn't say fish. Um, that is a meal, a meal best served never, Tanya. Uh, but, I mean, Pitt lost, and they stink, and we don't need to talk about them. But Tim, Liverpool lost their first game. I think it ended a 19-game on Beat Street, dating back to last year. Maybe it was 17. They had a goal rolled out for offsides. Lost 2-1 to one playing with nine men, two red cards. Own goal in the 96th minute to break the tie. And the goal that was rolled out offsides, the officiating people said, oh, that should have been a goal. We got it wrong. Well, gee, thanks a lot. But doesn't that even out over the long haul? Well, speaking as a guy whose team lost the league title by one point during the last five years, no, it doesn't always even out. It, it, it was the worst officiated game in history. It was like Angel Hernandez hmm. in the 1972 U.S. Olympic men's basketball final had a baby. Didn't they end up firing those people, too? Did I, did I see that online? Somebody got fired for a VAR situation. Uh, I don't know if they fired or they, just, they took them off their next game. Oh, that's what, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim, this was so egregious. 
I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, when I saw the call, I said, no, that's wrong. That's a goal. And I said, maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Well, what it turned out happened was, not that the people out there care, but I'm still going to make them listen. The referee, the, the VAR guy, the guy in the booth, right? Mm-hmm. Which is an office in London, I think, in London. He thought they were the goal. So when they asked him to, to make a check, he said, check completed, call stands. And so, that you know, he 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 thought it was a goal, but they ruled no goal, so it got ruled no goal. But, Tim, you know, like, as with any video review, they're in the referee's ear all the time. They just got to turn it on, right? Yes. They should have said, wait a minute, you're lining up a free kick. What are you doing? It's a goal. And they just let it go. It, 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 it's so bad. And I know I'm a whining fan at this point. They should have to replay the game. Like what the Marlins were going to have to do if they had to go back to New York and play for one half inning. Is that is, might that happen? No, they already clinched. But ha- had the Pirates won an extra game or two or something like that, they faced the potential of going back to New York because the Mets grounds crew screwed up putting the tarp on the field. Like I don't know if you saw it, but the Mets grounds crew chief was about to fight the Marlins manager at one point on Thursday night. Trust me, Tim. What happened to Liverpool yesterday was worse. <laughs> Are you starting to get worried? I got the impression that you were about the Penguins' power play. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's unfair for me to do that till I see it in, in league games, but I think they're very much overcomplicated. When I hear about rotation and using the bumper, which they've used very sporadically in years past, I'm not sure they have anyone to play the bumper, except maybe Raquel. And I don't know where that leaves you know, Latang, if they use Raquel, it, it you know, it, when Gensel gets back, I mean, I just, I don't like what I'm seeing and hearing. I mean, I just want them set up, you know, in the traditional power play and shooting. I mean, now you've got Carlson who's going to make plays to distribute for good shots. I don't need, like, they had a, the power play the other day, Latang was up top and Carlson was at the left half wall. If they're going to set up like that sometimes, then the trade for Carlson should not have been made. You know, one thing, like you go back to when Hornquist was here and he had the big body, a a good guy in front of the net to be a net presence on the power play. I understand the griping that existed. Well, if you put him out there, that limits their versatility to do anything else. Actually, that might be a good thing. You know, if you have one piece that you have to use in one specific way, that limits how a coach can get into his own way. Maybe Sullivan is doing that. Here's what I think. I think they don't want to tell anybody they can't be on the power play or that they can't be where they want to be. Because the logical thing to do is toss up top and sit on the right half wall. Like, Sid should have been on the right half wall every minute of his entire career on the power play. But they just don't want to make anybody unhappy. Uh, Mark, before we go, you're heading to Baltimore next for your concert tour. Is that right? Yes, that'll be the last concert for a while, given the, uh, the uh, demise of the Aerosmith tour, which may or may not... You know, resume. I mean, they say it's going to, but they postponed the whole thing now until 2024. So there goes Cleveland, Columbus, and Newark. I am going to see the final two Kiss shows, they say, ever in New York City beginning of December. But yeah, Queen with Adam Lambert twice in, in Baltimore this weekend. Just as important, that means Jimmy's famous seafood one day and, uh, and Sabatino's Italian another day. Mark Madden, I'll be on for him those days while he's out. We'll be on together. Madden Ben's Unfiltered, 9.30 a.m. on Monday morning. Plenty more to recap as it relates to the Steelers. We'll have it for you coming up then. Listen to Mark 3 until 6 on the X. Read him at Trib Live and follow us. Breakfast with Ben's and every Madden Monday podcast here on the Fans First Network.